Let's hear the word of the Lord. From Psalm 67 in the New Living Translation. May God be merciful to us and bless us. May his face shine with favor on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy, because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us, and people all over the world will fear him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sid, so much for bringing us up to date a little bit on your ministry there in Cameroon in the month of June. So would you stand with me for a moment, please, and let's pray together as we look at the message this morning, the Word of God. Lord, first, what a privilege to be here. Uh, Lord, of all the things that we might be doing this morning, your people made a choice to be in your house today. And, Lord, we come with different uh, experiences this week, some positive, some negative, some hurtful, some helpful. But, God, you brought us together this morning, and you have your words spread out before us today. We pray that we would receive it well into our hearts today. And the things that you would want to say to each one of us, the little nuggets that you'd want to give each one of us, we just ask, Holy Spirit, that we'd be welcoming of that and that you would minister deeply into our hearts today. Thank you for your people who have gathered in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, we, uh, we have choices. As I just prayed, you, have a cho- you, you made a choice to be here today. And I expect that you'll make a lot more choices uh, today. And life is filled with many, many choices. Someone has written... In fact, I'd like you to read it with me this morning. And Sam, it's on two slides. Uh, Let's read it together. The remarkable thing we have is a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have and that is our attitude. A quote from Chuck Swindoll. An important choice, our attitude. The choice of our attitude colors so much of life. I suppose that uh, some of us even made a choice where to live in the world. I just read the 2016 best places to live in the world. And Canadians have never had it so good. Canada ranks as the second best country globally, according to the list of the world's best countries released just very recently. 
The number two ranking is out of a long list of countries, and Canada only trails Germany at number one. Canada came in number one for quality of life and number two for citizenship. The quality of life sub-ranking is based on factors like affordability, job market, economic stability, family friendliness, income equality, political stability, safety, quality of public services such as the health care and school systems. As typical, Scandinavian countries largely top the quality of life ranking with Sweden coming in at number two, Denmark at number three, the Netherlands at number five, and Australia is number four. But Canada, overall, number two. I think maybe influenced by the great winter we had this year, don't you think? Last year we were ready to trade in our passports, and, uh, but this year, Canada, the second best country to live in the world. Take a look at our country. Some of you here this morning didn't really choose Canada. You were born here. Now, the choice was made for you, but you made a choice to stay. You made a choice to stay. Others of you have moved to Canada, and you have made a choice to say Canada would be a good place to live, and I want to start a new life in this country. And we're glad you did. I don't want to put anybody on the spot too much, but let me ask this question. How many are here today who made a choice to come to Canada in the last year? Anyone here today? Oh, let's stand. Just stand. Would you stand for a moment? Let's just give them a big welcome. Great to have you. In the last year. Awesome. And of course, I know Anwar and Sarah from uh, uh, Syria are not here today, but they have come in the last year as well. Uh, how many made a choice to come to Canada in the last five years? Would you stand? Ten years? Oh, back here, five years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Canada in the last ten years. In the last ten years. Five and ten. Oh, just stand. That's awesome. Let's... We are just pleased that you are in Canada and that you feel welcome here. So our, our theme today and our first stop is the choice to celebrate today. And uh, 
you don't have to live in Switzerland or Denmark or Norway uh, or Canada to celebrate the space of time that God has granted you right today. Where is the place where we feel most alive, most, most fulfilled, most satisfied, most purposeful, and we feel like we're really living and really making a difference? A place where we feel like home, where we belong, doing what we were meant to do, living like we were meant to live. A place where we are growing. Well, here's some thoughts. The choice to celebrate today is a choice to live in a place of joy. That's the best place to live in the world, in a place where there's joy in our hearts. It could be Edmonton, could even be Hawaii, could be the place wherever there is joy in our hearts. I remember, and I always think of John Ortberg's story of the Dida Day dance when his kids were younger. I always have this little picture in my mind. The, the kids uh, were having a bath that night, and the littlest one, Mallory, about two years old, was so happy after her bath. And she does this little Dee-Daw Day dance, so happy in her little heart, running around with no clothes on, just, just dancing and having fun. And John, their dad, irritated with the dance, tells her, hurry up. Well, it only made her dance faster. And Mallory said, uh, he said, no, Mallory, stop with the Dee-Daw Day stuff and get over here so I can dry you off. Hurry. And then she asked a profound question. Why? Why? And he said, I had no answer. I had nowhere to go, nothing to do, no meeting to attend. I was just so used to hurrying. It hit me hard. Why? So I got up and did the Dida dance with her, and she loved it. We have a lot to learn from our kids. They enjoy the moment. Uh, they aren't just trying to get through the moment in order to get on to another moment. I think the highlight of my week this week was to watch a student at an award ceremony this week. When he received an award, uh, this little guy, his eyes just lit up. He pumped his arms. He did a little circle, a little D-Day Day dance. He smiled from ear to ear. And then when they came by with the awards the next time and he didn't get one, he was so disappointed. He looked so much like, hey, you forgot me. And he, he kind of went, hands up, hey, you forgot me. But then he got the next award and he did the little dance again and his eyes sparkled. Pure joy, pure joy. I wonder if God doesn't want us to do a little dance more often in life. The Dida Day dance or something similar to enjoy the moment, to experience the best of the moment and the best of the journey. I wonder if living in a place of joy wouldn't be one of the greatest steps of growth for us uh, as we come through this summer. To experience what it means just to really live and to experience the moment and to live in the moment. The heart of God seems to be one of joy. The heart of God seems to be one of joy. Do you agree? Don't you think God enjoyed the creation of the world? 
that it was a D-Da day. Every time at the conclusion of the day, he would say, it was very good. It was very good. You never have this sense that God put in his eight-hour day and was bored with life and said, well, that'll have to do. I've had it. Thank me, it's Friday. I'm done. And it was very good. It was very good. His plans for the original couple in the Garden of Eden were amazing. He wanted them to be so alive, so thrilled with their environment, and so excited to live in a relationship with the one who created them. You know, I did this. You can plug the word joy into the electronic Bible Gateway program. And when you do, dozens of verses come streaming at you, and you can see the special place that joy has in God's heart. Psalm 511, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Psalm 1611, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. As a third century man was anticipating his death, he penned his last words to a friend, and he wrote this. He said, it's a bad world, an incredibly bad world, but I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are the Christians. And he said, and I'm one of them. And I'm one of them. We know that uh, joy is a prominent theme in the epistles of the New Testament. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. No epistle is more joy-filled than the book of Philippians, a letter written by Paul while he was in prison, awaiting the outcome of his trial before Caesar. Death was a very real possibility, and yet we read, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice together with all of you, and in the same way you also should be glad and rejoice together with me. Jesus uh, spoke so clearly in John chapter 15 of the need to be grafted into the true grapevine to be connected to Christ. And he said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Paul says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Maybe we just all need to stop and enjoy the moment. Do the Dida Day dance and celebrate the presence of God in our lives. Lewis Mead had a good way to say it. He said, to miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. It's the best place on the planet to live. The place of joy. And C.S. Lewis is captivating in the way he expresses it. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Wow, nice one, C.S. Lewis. Joy is the serious business of heaven. 
How do you do the D-Daw Day dance more often in your life where joy is the serious business of life? Let me just give you a list. Number one, celebrate life as much as you can. Celebrate life as much as you can. Got a birthday to celebrate? Go ahead and celebrate it. Got an anniversary? Go ahead and celebrate it. Got a country to celebrate? Go ahead and celebrate our country. Celebrating usually means doing some things which bring pleasure. Summer is a great season to celebrate. You know, you can read the Old Testament and, and, and see how they were constantly celebrating. They had all kinds of feasts and, and the whole community would stop and come together and have fun and enjoy one another and celebrate. And, and there was joy across the land. Our, our capacity to celebrate increases as we just take the simplest of things and recognize them as being from God and taking a moment to celebrate them. Even things last year that we really didn't understand perhaps as a gift from God, this year we might get it and say, oh, it was really a gift. It was a gift of God and we celebrate it. In talking uh, to one of our families, uh, Mother and son have just recently returned from uh, Kenya where they visited uh, family, uh, the Agadalas. And uh, I'm just going to ask Carol uh, to come, if she would, and Spencer. Spencer was there as well. And they spent five glorious weeks uh, in their Kenyan home visiting family. And so I've just asked them to come and share a little bit of the joy of that celebration. Maybe you want to just, would you like to use this one? Yeah, you say something about it, Spencer. I went to Kenya for five weeks. I met my grandpa, played with my cousins. So, um, and I had uh, the opportunity to visit Kenya for five weeks and uh, just, uh, you know, the joy of meeting family. Uh, we don't often get to visit back home. Um, it, it, it had been four years since we've been home and before that it had been seven years. So when uh, we let everybody know that we were going, you can imagine the joy that uh, they had in just, uh, you know, wanting us to go and visit and uh, um, we left on May the 17th and came back on um, June uh, the 22nd. Um, so Pastor Ken and Mark, they put us in a prayer so that, uh, you know, for a safe trip. Uh, we had a safe trip back home, and um, I just want to thank God for um, giving us the safe trip to go home and come back, and we met everybody. Uh, we spent most of our time up country with family, and you can imagine everybody wanted to meet us. The last time we were there, Spencer was only two years old and he hardly could talk. This time he came telling them about Canada, showing them pictures about his friends, about his school, and they were all so ecstatic. Um, and so, yeah, we just had so much fun. Uh, he milked a cow. Uh, <laughs> he cut napier grass and fed the cows. Um, he climbed trees, something he has not done in Canada. Uh, by the third week, he was almost ready to come back because uh, he missed his friends, he missed his brothers. I wanted to stay longer because I was born in Kenya and uh, I just wanted to spend more time with my 
family, and you can imagine not being able to go as often as we would like to. Um, we would have, I would have loved to spend more time with them, but unfortunately I had to come back. Um, Ken and uh, the older boys stayed behind, and thanks to technology, we were able to take some pictures and uh, some video messages from family back home and brought it to them so that they could actually experience the joy of family while being here in Canada. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So your father is uh, still alive, and, but your mother has gone? My, yes, my father is still alive. He's 83 years old and uh, quite a strong man, actually. Um, he's in one of the pictures. Uh, my mom uh, has been gone for almost uh, 30 years. And uh, my dad is alone in a big hut over there. Okay. <laughs> actually, the hut we brought him from Canada. <laughs> and the shirt we brought him from Canada. So he was, he's always very happy to see us when we are going. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Let's give him a big hand. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate you taking a moment today, uh, Carol and Spencer, and uh, God granted you safety and gave you a great trip, brought you back to your family, brought you back to work again. And, uh, but what a, what a privilege to just be part of uh, seeing family. And so we, there's joy uh, in knowing that God is blessing our families, and even though they're spread halfway around the world, uh, they're still part of our lives. Secondly, uh, live in the moment, uh, not in the past or in the future. Live in the moment, not in the past or the future. Notice we're always saying uh, or thinking, well, someday, you know, you know, someday. Life will be better. I'll turn a corner. Things will work out. Planning for the future is very good, but missing today, what God is doing in our lives today, is tragic. This is the day. The psalmist says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We really only have this moment. This is the day that God has given to us. And he has forgiven us. He has given us grace. He has given us his love. And he gives us the day, this day to know him and to connect with him and to love him. Uh, and he gives us this day uh, that with all the little things and all the big things of life that we encounter uh, so maybe God is even just stirring something in your heart as you think about maybe you're missing something today because you're so focused on what is coming down the road tomorrow. But hey, see it as something that God is doing in your life today, his excitement, his grace. And if we're going to experience his joy, it will start today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Uh, it's true that uh, we live in a, uh, a very hurtful world. There is pain in our hearts even today. There is injustice in our world. There is, uh, there is ISIS. Uh, there is tragedy. Again, this week uh, in Istanbul, yesterday in Bangladesh, uh, sorrow upon sorrow. But that's the goal of terrorism, to rob us of our joy. And that's the goal of the enemy, to rob us of our joy. Shall it rob our joy? Have you ever noticed that it's often people who are suffering who have the most enthusiastic joy? Mother Teresa walked among the poorest of the poor, and yet it's said of her that she had a glow about her. 
There was a bubble of joy that surrounded her as she was involved in caring for the lonely and the destitute and the people with broken hearts and broken bodies. I read the story just recently again of uh, Wayne Cordero, who uh, ministers in a large context in, in Hawaii these days, but he was ministering in China to house group leaders. And many of them had spent time in prison for their faith. But they were filled with the joy of the Lord. And uh, they, were, they were filled with a heart to follow God. But they asked Wayne if he would pray for them that they would be like Christians in the West who enjoyed freedom. And Wayne said, I shook my head sadly. I can't do that. But why, they asked. He said, with a sigh, he said, I explained that you came here after riding 13 hours on a train. In America, if church is more than 30 minutes away, people don't go because it's too far. He said, you've been sitting on a wooden floor without air conditioning for three days. In America, we have to have air conditioning or we don't come. You don't have adequate Bibles. But in America, we have multiple Bibles per family, but we don't always read them. No, he said, I will not pray that you become like us, but I pray that we would become like you. Even though suffering, they had the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If we wait until everything is just right before we rejoice, we will probably never rejoice. We'll probably die before we rejoice. Today is the day. Today is the, is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. And to rejoice in the special people that God has put around us while we have them. God has placed awesome people in our midst. I read the story of Michael Jordan this week, who was, uh, as you know, perhaps the greatest basketball player in the history of the NBA. During one particular championship run, Jordan and the Bulls won it all just three years after the murder of Jordan's father, who had been shot repeatedly, if you remember the story, as he sat in his car, chair reclined, napping at a humble rest stop in North Carolina. And on this day after the game's final basket, a buzzing herd of reporters followed the players into the locker room to interview the visitors in the celebration. There in the corner of the room lay Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, weeping, face down, overcome with emotion, holding an orange basketball in his arms. No one quite knew what to do. Do we talk to him? Do we leave him alone? I suspect everyone knew exactly what was happening. It was Father's Day, so there lay a broken champion with everything the world had to offer, but with no father to grab him by the shoulder and say, Son, I'm so proud of you. In the interviews, reporters after reporter asked Jordan what it was like to win everything, have, have everything, and to be loved by everyone. For Jordan, his success and fame and money didn't seem to matter. One could see it in his eyes because when he gazed around the locker room that day, he found everything he could dream of, but he couldn't find his dad. Celebrate the gift of life. 
Celebrate the gift of your family. Celebrate the gift of people that God has put into your life. Celebrate them. Forgive them. Bless them. Enjoy them. Then thirdly, dealing with our joy-challenged hearts. John Maxwell used to say, if you want to learn something about leadership, get around leaders who have gone further than you. Get a little notebook, walk along beside them and learn from another leader and just kind of write down the things that, that will, are going to take you to the next level. But I thought maybe we could transfer it. If you want to learn something about how to break into a heart that is joy-challenged, get around a person that, that has gone farther than you. Get a little notebook and walk along with them and learn from a person that is breaking through moments of joy all through their lives. They're just breaking through and they're finding joy. We, we come across a lot of people who somehow magically remove the joy from their environment by just simply concentrating on the negative. What if we were to focus on the positive? What if we were to look at the tough situation with a new set of glasses? Number one, that God's in charge. And number two, that I'm going to give this to God. I'm going to rejoice in His faithfulness right from the get-go. I'm going to trust him through this situation I'm going to give thanks for his hand upon this situation and I'm going to celebrate all the victories that he gives to me along the way you know maybe God will give you someone in your life who does that fairly well and you can learn from them or just a thought maybe you are that person for someone else and you are that mentor and you're that encouragement and you are that example what a blessing you are you're a joy giver. What a blessing you are. And then finally, focus on the goodness of God. Remember the words in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Focus on the goodness of God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Look at the gifts that God has given you. Maybe we need to be a little more intentional in appreciating those gifts. Maybe we should all do something a little bit more to tease out the joy, a little bit more from life. Maybe one, one day a week, eat your favorite food. Enjoy a special dessert that you don't indulge. I should have put it up, but your favorite dessert up on the screen. Just imagine your favorite dessert. Indulge in it once in a while, every second week or so. Not every day. Maybe you read a book that lifts your heart. Maybe you do a sport that renews your body and your mind. Uh, Lord, what a great thing to be involved in this in my life and, and the privilege of, that you have given this gift to me. Maybe we've underestimated the importance of joy and, and, and uh, pleasure in spiritual formation. When we're all grateful for all of God's blessings, there is a joy, and the joy with that joy we grow and we are formed spiritually. It may sound rather simple, but it molds us and it shapes us as we live in this joy. So just direct your heart and say, thank you, God, that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Your joy depends on how you interpret life. Some use the analogies, the glass is half empty or the glass is half full. It's just perspective. But when you read the Bible, you're always being swept along to view life from a broader perspective. We interpret life not just for the moment, 
but for eternity. And when you watch the news on TV, the short-term prognosis looks bleak, but the long-term outcomes are amazing. It's what you don't get on TV. You get that from the Word. Everything for the follower of Christ is viewed in light of the resurrection and the coming King. So good that we're able to read the end of the story in the Bible, that we know how things turn out. Revelation 22 is a wonderful picture. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him, the Bible says, and they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever and ever. And this is the Dida Day dance in heaven. This is celebration time. Joy is overflowing. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. So we interpret our lives in light of the great day that's coming. It makes all the difference in the world. Bottom line, the Holy Spirit is the giver of joy. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. It comes streaming into your life as a result of the Holy Spirit controlling your life. No other secret than that. And the over Holy Spirit wants to overflow our lives with streams of living water. So a good day today to simply say to the Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. You're welcome to invade my life. Flow my way. Flow through my heart. Irrigate my life. And fill me with your joy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together as we pray. Lord, we thank you for the one who fills our hearts uh, with joy. We celebrate your joy today. We know that there's a great day coming when your followers will live in the presence of the one who is all joy and the one who is all kindness and all grace. Help us to live each day being grateful for your blessings, grateful for your kindness, grateful for your joy. And remind us today to open our hearts again to one another, and especially to you, that you might fill us with your joy through the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.